Turn with me, please, to Second Chronicles, chapter 20, and verse 12. A long scripture lesson, but I think it'll edify our spirits. As a matter of fact, if I don't do anything but just get up and read the text and sit down, then somebody said that's a real good idea. But uh, I'm going to read the Second Chronicles, chapter 20. Verse 12, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And he said, listen, all you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. It's God's. Look over at your name and say, the battle is not yours. It's God's. You will not need to fight in this battle. Verse 22, now they began to sing and praise, and the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come up against Judah, and they were defeated. But the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came, verse 24, to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. How to snatch the victory from the jaws of defeat. Would you repeat that after me, please? How to snatch the victory from the jaws of defeat. Jehoshaphat main character of our sermon on today was a good man and he was a good king prior to the time of our text he had set in motion many godly and beneficial plans and programs but now in the midst of his efforts to do good and be good evil befalls him. And it's bad enough to have problems when we know we're wrong. At least we then feel that we may deserve the agony that we are experiencing. When we are trying to do our best and it seems that everything goes wrong, that's discouraging. That's disheartening. Can I get a witness in here? According to many believers, 
That is not the way things are supposed to happen. They expect nothing but joy and good fortune in return for their righteousness. And they are devastated when they've been living right and things seem to be going wrong. God, but God loves us best, not by preventing difficulty, but by standing by us in the midst of our difficulties and giving us victory. I said God loves us best, not by preventing all our difficulties, but standing by us when we go through those difficulties and giving us victory. Psalm 46 and one says, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. And so the believer must not be surprised when trouble comes, neither should he surrender. He's a help in trouble. But Jehoshaphat's trouble was designed for emotional devastation. The trouble that he had was meant to destroy him emotionally, mentally, and physically. First, there were many enemies that came against him. The Ammonites, the Moabites, and other vicious enemies came against Jehoshaphat. Enemies recruit more enemies. So it's bad enough to have an enemy to deal with. But he had thousands of enemies who came against him. Some so-called friends will try to keep their friends from other friends and from your friends. You want them to be your friend, your friend alone, and if it looks like somebody else is going to become their friend, then you become displeased and unhappy about it. These nations became his enemies, and he had not done anything to harm them or to hinder them. As a matter of fact, God had prohibited Israel from any belligerent action against these nations when Israel traveled from Egypt. The enemies of the nations that I mentioned a moment ago were told that Jehoshaphat was told that he should not come against them. He must not war against them when they came, when he came into their area. But now those very people whom the Lord told Jehoshaphat not to fight were turning against him and fighting against Jehoshaphat. It's devastating when people hate you. It's devastating when they fight against you. And you've done nothing to deserve their hatred, and you've done nothing to deserve their animosity. That was the second definitely devastating factor. But then the third devastating factor was that his so-called friends help his enemies. Now, it's amazing when your friend turns on you, sides with your enemy, and helps your enemy against you. This is devastating. Has anybody ever been there? His so-called friends did not warn him that a hostile force was on the way. They allowed his enemies 
to pass through their lands on their way to fight Jehoshaphat and his people. His friends, so-called friends, did not come to his defense when his enemies were making ready to launch an attack. Well, I think that somebody can hear something familiar in what I'm saying uh, today. How many of you have kind of been where I've, I'm talking about here, been through what I'm referring to? Many of you are present today and you have faced similar circumstances. You have many enemies. Anybody here have many enemies? And then you've got some false friends. Raise your hand. Any false friends? When Jehoshaphat learned of his situation and how powerful these nations were that were coming against him, 2 Chronicles 20 and 3 says that he feared he became afraid and he set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast against all Judah. Now all of you would agree that this is strange military strategy. In the face of an enemy attack, he is a fearful leader making deliberate efforts to seek God and causing people who would normally need their strength for the battle to go on a fast. They were going to fight and they had to fight on an empty stomach because they were called to a fast. There are so many forces around today which would cause us to fear even as Jehoshaphat feared. Crime is all around. Immorality, destruction of our young people, economic instability, newspaper was filled with trouble and distress of an economic nature. Then the COVID-19 virus, that terrible disease has come upon our prosperous, educated world. And we, with all of our education and all of our wealth, can't do anything to make it stop. And then the Taliban, one of the most vicious fighting machines on the face of the earth, has won a victory over the U.S. forces and driven us out of their country. Many programs have been launched to deal with the problems that we deal with, but it seems that we make no headway and the problems still remain. And fear still torments the hearts and the minds of men. Possibly Jehoshaphat was familiar with the Psalm 34 and verse 4. But he said, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Are there any witnesses in the house who can testify that the Lord delivered me from my fears? Second Chronicles 20 and 3, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. But verse 4 says, So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah. And they came to seek the Lord. 
Thus he set himself to seek God. Now Jehoshaphat setting himself to seek God is a good pattern for us today. I think with all that's going on, Pastor Blake better call a fast and call the saints to return to fasting on Tuesday and on Friday, at least till lunch or dinner. Let's fast and let's ask God to turn this terrible dearth and destruction. Let's ask God to lift up righteousness and to bless his people. Don't you think it's time for us to turn the plate down on Tuesday and on Friday? And if we will, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. How many of you believe the Lord will make a difference? Come on, clap your hands. Hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Jehoshaphat called a fast. Fasting puts God first. Before food, before nourishment, God, I'm turning the plate down because I want to seek you the more and receive your anointing, your power. Fasting expresses your reliance on God. God, I'm not depending on the food I eat. I'm depending on you to work a miracle in my life, in my home. It's an act of obedience because the Bible tells us to fast. And it's an act of the will that strengthens the will because if you can get up enough willpower to turn your plate down for a little while, then that's building up your willpower to do the work of God and the will of God. Fasting will subdue fleshly impulses. When you've been fasting for a while, it's easy to do, to do the will of God and to walk in God's way and to say yes to God. God, I'm in obedience to you, turning my plate down. Now, dear Lord, not only am I turning my plate down, I'm turning my spirit toward God, and I'm striving for the more of God. Fasting obtains a reward, because he said the Father that sees in secret will reward you openly. Fasting strengthens your spirit, because when you turn away from physical nourishment and begin to seek God, that builds up your spirit man and makes your spirit man strong. It's time for some fasting, and it's time for some praying. Can I hear the church say amen? Come on, if you believe it, clap your hands and praise God. How many of you are going to fast with pastor on Tuesday and on Friday for a little while? I see those hands. God bless you. Praise God. Give praise to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The whole kingdom that Jehoshaphat reigned over, even the women and the children, came and stood before the temple. Jehoshaphat prayed a beautiful prayer, and he closed with these words in verse 12. We have no might 
against this great company that's coming against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Raise your head and say, Lord, our eyes are upon thee. Now, the only difference between Jehoshaphat and some people today is that Jehoshaphat was honest. He did not put in a false front. He was honest. He was open regarding his predicament. And many people today are overwhelmed and perplexed, but they won't admit it. And they won't take their problem to God and say, God, I don't know what to do with this situation. Is anybody out there confronted by a situation and you don't know what to do about it? Hallelujah. But Jehoshaphat was honest. Many people today are overwhelmed and won't admit it. But Jehoshaphat put on no false, phony fronts. He was honest with himself, and he was honest with his God. Listen, sometimes we come to church, we're trying to act like we are more than we really are, that we're doing more than we're really doing. But Paul, Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do. He said to God, but our eyes are upon thee. Raise your hands and say, Lord, my eyes upon you. The eyes of my expectation. How many of you are expecting something from God? The eyes of your trust and your dependence. God, I'm not looking in other directions, but I'm focusing my eyes on you. And if you don't help me, I'm not going to be able uh, to make it. The eyes of our trust, the eyes of our dependence, the eyes of our dependence focus on you. My daughter Kim has a little doggy named Happy. And Happy is more fun than you could ever imagine that he would be. But Happy comes over to the house and he may have just gotten through eating. But, but if I'm at the table and I'm eating, Happy comes and sits right down beside me and looks at me. I try to turn my attention somewhere else so I can eat my breakfast, but happy to come around to the other side and look at me. And that's happy's way of saying, I'm not going to leave you alone till you give me some of that that you're eating. And when your eyes are focused on God, it's as if you're saying, God, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop seeking you. I'm not going to stop waiting until you bless me. Hallelujah. Any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. And you know, that's what the Lord told us to do. The Lord told us in Isaiah 45 and 22, Look unto me and be saved, all ye ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. When you make up your mind to trust God and to look to God, God will go into action for you because the Bible says it's in him that we live, it's in him that we move, it's in him that we have our being. And the Lord said, look unto me, all the ends of the earth, and be saved, for I am God and there is none other. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Listen, they didn't pray. They didn't just pray and walk away. 
they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and then they prayed some more. They waited until they got an answer from the Lord. You said, with you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Not just saying a prayer, but praying until you enter into the realm of the spiritual. Praying until God shows up and begins to move. Praying until you begin to pray in the anointing of the Spirit. Pray until you feel a change taking place. Hallelujah. They waited and they prayed until they got an answer. And the prophet Jehiel, the prophet Jehiel was confronted and anointed by the Spirit of God. And so he came forth in verse 15 and said, Be not afraid. Be not dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I wish somebody would look over at their neighbor and just tell your neighbor, the battle is not yours, but God. I know you've been uptight. I know you've been worried. I know that you've been almost against the wall, but I've come to tell you, it's not your battle anymore. It's God's battle. Hallelujah. And in verse 17, he said, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that this battle is not mine. I'm so glad that God said, I'm going to take care of this one. Hallelujah. You can sit this one out. Just give me glory and praise for what I'm about to do in your life. And then he said to them, on tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And somebody said, I wish this man could preach. This, that sermon is not for me. He's not really preaching uh, to me. But I say this sermon is for you. How many of you feel like this sermon is for you? If you have enemies that you don't deserve, it's for you. If your friends have let you down and left you, it's for you. If you have problems despite your best efforts to do good and to do right, this sermon is for you. If you are afraid about anything and you're confronted by stuff that you cannot handle, this sermon is for you. If you're having trouble and distress, this sermon is for you. And the battle is not yours. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord. Come on, tell your neighbor, the battle is not yours. It is the Lord. Come on, give God praise. Come on and give God praise. God identifies with us. In this sermon, the Lord is telling us that your battle is my battle, and your fight is my fight. And I just came by to let somebody know you thought you were all alone. You thought you were by yourself, but you're not by yourself. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which is God 
with us. Jesus, Emmanuel, is with us. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. Hallelujah. You don't have to fight alone. Put your hand in God's hand, and God will bring you through. If you know that he's able, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask our thing. God is on your side. He's beside you to help you. The Holy Ghost is a comforter, and he's given us the Holy Ghost to comfort us and to give us strength. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me all over the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you have the power? Come on and give God praise. Power, power. And so they set themselves, they set themselves to seek the Lord. And the Bible says, stand still and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still. If you did anything, it would probably be the wrong thing. And so stand still. Turn it over to Jesus. Stand still. Let God handle this. Child of God, whatever it is, let God handle it. Cast your care on him because he cares for you. Trouble in your home, turn it over to Jesus. Against the wall, turn it over to Jesus. Afflicted, turn it over to Jesus. Let God help you. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything. Come on and say everything to God in prayer. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I turned it over to Jesus. I'm so glad I called God into my situation. And so they got together. They trusted God to help them. And they came together and they began to pray. They prayed to God that day. They got up early the next morning and praised God some more. In the midst of their praises, God began to work. God began to work miracles in their midst. Listen, when you praise him, that's an expression of your faith. When you praise him, that's an expression of your desire to have the presence of the Lord. When you praise God, that strengthens your faith and builds your faith up. If your faith is strengthened, then you praise God and give God glory even before you get the miracle. I don't have the miracle yet, but I'm praising him for the miracle. If you praise him, your miracle is on the way. Your blessing is on the way. Praise him that builds up your faith. Praise him that causes God to act on your behalf. Praise him that lifts the sorrow from your shoulders. You feel better 
when you praise him. You're lifted when you praise him. You're encouraged when you praise him. So they praised him all day. Got up the next morning and praised him again. When they went to look at the enemy camp, they saw soldiers lying on the ground. They had attacked one another. Friendly fire had been delivered by them upon themselves. All of their enemies killed one another, fought against one another at the same time. And when they came and looked down on the camp, all of their enemies had been destroyed. All of their enemies had been taken out of the way. They went down into the camp. There were nothing but dead bodies all around them. God had fought for them. And this is why I'm telling you, you will not need to fight in this battle. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. They came down. The enemy had left their jewelry and their bracelets and their gold and their silver. They went down and began to pick up the spoil. They began to take everything that the enemy had had. And they took so much wealth that it took them three days to gather the wealth. This is why Proverbs 13 and 22 says, the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. In other words, if you love him, if you serve him, God would rather bless you than somebody who does not love him. Don't get mad at blissful. Don't be jealous of blissful. Don't feel bad that other folk are blessed and prospered. Because if God could prosper them, God can prosper you. God blessed them and they bless God. If you want to be blessed, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I'm almost through now, but I just came out to tell you, you can snatch the victory. I said you can snatch the victory from the jaws of defeat. You can have victory today. Hallelujah. You've got to believe God enough to praise him. To believe God enough to thank him. I want everybody to thank God and give God praise. Come on and thank him. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. God loves to work when nobody else can take his credit. I said God loves to work when nobody else can take his credit. When you give God glory, God will work on your behalf. I see you in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. Right now, right now, God has a miracle in store for you. Right now, God is going to take you higher than you've ever been before. Right now, you're in the midst of a trouble in the midst of a battle 
and you, but you're not going to have to fight it. God's going to fight for you. Tell your neighbor, God is going to fight for me. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Stand up, everybody. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Reach out. Snatch it. Receive the victory. Put it to your chest. Throw back your head and give thanks. And give praise. Give honor to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody came to the house of the Lord in a hopeless state today. You've come to the house of the Lord not knowing how you were going to make it even through this day. But the Lord sent a word to you today. How many of you feel like the Lord sent a word to you? The Lord said, stand still, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. The Lord said, you're not going to have to fight in this one. The battle is not yours. The Lord says, it's mine. The Lord says, I got this one. Can somebody help me praise him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for lifting the burden. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for lifting the sickness. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you for touching them and for blessing them. Thank you, dear Lord. I see walls coming down. I said, I see walls coming down. Tell your neighbor, I see walls coming down. Come on, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. You know what else I see? I see chains dropping off. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor. Neighbor, I see chains dropping off. Come on, give him praise. Simon Peter, locked in jail. He was going to be executed on the next day. There were chains on his wrist, chains on his ankles. The doors were all locked. Simon Peter was locked in jail in the city of Philippi. But the saints were praying. And when the saints were praying, the Lord was working. The Lord sent an angel into the jailhouse. The angel went into the jail. Simon Peter was sleeping there, sitting there at midnight, sound asleep. But the angel touched him and said, Simon, get up. Simon Peter might well have said, what do you mean, get up? I've got chains on my wrist. I've got chains on my ankles. Why should I get up? I'm in chains and the doors are locked. But no, Simon Peter did not say that. When the angel said, get up, Simon Peter got up. And when Simon Peter got up, chains started falling off. I see chains falling off. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. I see chains falling off. I see chains falling off. I see chains falling off. 
Glory, glory. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Avoiding congestion at the altar, but as an indication of change, change. I want you to change where you are. Turn right and take three steps. One, two, three. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I just walked out of my trial into my victory. Come on, praise God. God, I'm so cool. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've got victory, come on and praise the Lord. Give thanks to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You might be quiet now. But what will you do when the Lord heals you? What will you do when you find out the bill has been paid? What you going to do when you find that little wad of money that you forgot about? What are you going to do when the Holy Ghost shows up? Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. 